This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions Why me? And what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. When black and white turns into blurry, everything feels tipsy-turvy. Bumbles have my rep at war. They're the troops that stand before me. KG were quite an item there. My real friends. <laughs> My real friends. See the real me? Yeah. And they never blink. My family, Miami, shout out to my hometown of Atlanta. It's just a group of ladies who have been up for three days. It's Ryan Kelly morning after. Welcome to the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Ken Strode is out. He is appearing on Springfield, Missouri Radio. I think the fountain just turned on. We may not see him. (laughs) Turns on at 8. Oh, yeah. Guys, I can't, I can't let you blow past this. Does Ken believe pilots are responsible for identifying terrorists on a flight? I will say it again. Let Ken cook. It's from Kevin's brother. Let him Jack cook? Dem- Jack I mean, Demo. basically let him go. Uh, <laughs> guys, Cassie Moore's Twitter is very odd. She tweets at Ludacris almost daily. That's from Mud Jack Mike. She really wants people to know that she's successful. Mm-hmm. Well, those are always the successful people. Right. They like telling you just how much they have. Absolutely. The people with real money mm-hmm. love to tell you about it's it. It's a lot like relationships. When you're really happy on Facebook, we know the drill. You're not really that happy. So when you overpost, it's really filling that void. Do you think that's what it is? I don't know if it's 100%. But I agree it, with the blog. What I've noticed in the couple that I know personally... The over Facebook bookers are the worst. I'm under Facebooking, and I realized that my 
current profile picture is two years old because our son is in all, my, our new newer son, uh, one year old, is not in it. And then I think to myself, if I never update my profile picture again, will he feel slighted and need to go into therapy, or will he need to go into no. therapy when he listens to QFTA? Probably that. Yeah, right. I don't think you'll worry about your Facebook picture. Facebook will be long gone by you, then. Yeah, you I would hope. think something else will come up. Jared Awesome School will still be here though. Mm. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's such a thing as journalism anymore. <laughs> I actually I think I'm agreeing with you. I wonder what the, the, the tykes down at the University of Missouri are hoping to do right now if they're going into the journalism school. Uh, in my day, everyone wanted to be the next host of the Today Show. Or that's that's exactly what I they, yeah. they asked. What would you like to be? And all the ladies uh, raised their hand. They wanted to be Katie Kirk. That's what I remember. Yeah. That was the name. That was 1998. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, who wouldn't know. want to do that and make $15 million? Sure, no, I'm, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember me and the colonel just wanted to be Chris Trevino, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't I don't know what the goal would be now. Uh, I don't know. I guess do HD2, I guess. We still need big-time play-by-play sportscasters, but that's a tough racket to You need to, to go crack. to journalism school. Yeah. No, you don't have to, but you might, get, you might get a start that way. A lot of print. A lot of folks in print. Is that right? So they can write for a website? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Well, I'm just telling you what, like, I know a bunch of my friends do. Did you ever pull them aside and say, hey, might not be a good idea? Yeah, knock it off with this. One of them who was, like, really wanting to do it, he's like, local TV is exactly where I want to be. I was like, well. Doug, should we go down and meet TV. with him? Local <laughs> TV. Yep. Local TV is exactly where I want to be. He's an intervention. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want to work like a bunch of different markets and eventually work as a national. I was like, best of luck to you. But the print yeah. guys are really, really talented. That's why I was, you know, I really think that they're really good. So, But can you make any money? I guess there's some at the big, huge websites that must make decent money. Yeah, right? I guess you work your way up from writer and you probably would have a podcast that goes along with that. And then you can kind of build your own thing. But you write a catchy headline yeah. that gets engagement and likes. It's a different world. But these guys are like, I, I truly believe that they're very talented and I hope nothing for it's the fine. best. Now, here's a, people here's... are talented make bad decisions when they're 18 as far as what they think their future is going to be. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Hyper um, and Genie made a ton of money. Think about that, Doug. My question to you it guys is like a it's like a moral thing. Mm. So I have a couple friends who write for whether it be like smaller or you know big time colleges, but colleges I have no interest in or professional teams I have no interest in. And naturally, they tweet a lot about the team. That's their job is to tweet about their team a lot. I mute my friends who cover these teams because I don't need the updates. Oh. Is that wrong? I don't know. Go ahead and accept their updates. So now my Twitter is just full of a bunch, like, because I have, like, a handful of buddies who do this. It would just be full of... What team is Gareth covering? Gareth Gareth is not in journalism. Well, they don't, know you're, they don't know you're muting him, do they? Leave no, but hands. I don't There's know. No, harm. no, that's the point of the mute is that no one knows. There's no harm. Yeah, probably. I just feel bad. I muted like, the fan page. You just left it, bro. And everyone's feelings are hurt. That's muting, isn't it? Uh, no, it's different. You hurt a lot of feelings when you did that. No, I just don't see him anymore, which is nice. Well, what did you want to see? Or what were you Uh-oh. seeing that you didn't want to see? Just 9,000 posts a day. Hmm. It's just dreck. Dreck, it's I what? like that. What dreck. That? What does that mean? No, I miss Rubbish. Some, yeah, rubbish. I miss some things, like Swope, when he posts all of his pictures from our outings. I didn't get to see a lot of those. 
I'm a good follow on Twitter. I'm a good follow on Facebook. Okay. Hey, boys, growing up watching KMOV, I thought I wanted to just be like that sexy stallion on my TV, Doug. Yeah. And then I realized I didn't want to be him. I wanted to be with him. Thanks. Oh. That's from Little Beer Cats. Gosh, that's a, stop it, Beer Cats. That's a 19-year-old boy uh, approaching you for yeah. relations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm well, It's not going to happen. I wanted to be a takesmith since I was nine. Did you? No, I'm serious. You were in grade school just spitting hot takes about the cardinal rotation? One vivid memory. We always used to go to, like, Peoria Riverman game, and that was mm-hmm. when they were the Blues affiliate at the time. Also, we used to go to Bradley Braves games. In Peoria, you know, it's 40 minutes away, cheap tickets. Didn't the Cardinals have a... Yeah, Peoria, Peoria Chiefs. Yeah. So you Peoria still, at the yeah. time when I was a kid we had a lot to do for cheap, but we would drive to Peoria... And I, we would be listening to Mike and Mike and, oh. you know, Jim Rome. Yeah. And that is where I fell in love with that idea that you could talk about sports on radio. Now, mm-hmm. eight, the idea of HD2 didn't right. even come oh, yeah. into play. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, we, we are the Lewis and Clark of HD2. <laughs> right. I didn't you think that that known. could even be reached. So I wanted no. to set my, my goals, you know, lower and just sure. be on ESPN. Yeah. But the fact I'm on HD, too, is... Good morning. My son just graduated from Michigan State with a degree in journalism, specifically sports. I wish he would have listened to TMA all of the mornings I drove him to high school. That's from the 314. Yeah, I think we're influencers. Mm. Michigan State's a really good school, though. Sparty? Sparty's got a good journalism school? I don't know. But I mean, just it's... You know, you finished a four-year university. In five years, you'll realize journalism isn't the thing. But you still have <laughs> skills, and you still have time. Yeah. Like, you if you have... can talk to people like people in journalism can, then you can dominate an interview, you know, and you can go from there. You have to be talented, though. I mean, I'll give you an example. Three people on this dais. Tim and Doug. Talented. Making good money. Have beautiful wives, beautiful families, beautiful homes. Uh-huh. And then look at me. Not talented. <laughs> live, in a ho- live in a hovel. Make no money. What kind of breakdown is this? So you're saying if you would have gone to journalism school, you would... maybe because I I don't I don't I don't think that's yeah I don't think so no yeah Iggy I went to journalism but school. you can't be successful in this one business. so you know you look at Doug and Tim there's a chance you can be successful look at me and probably no chance here oh. Doug here is what for the gentleman who just texted in that his son graduated from Michigan State here is what you are up against okay it's not necessarily the industry. That is the problem per se. It's the supply and demand. Let me pull up my chart again. Here, here's the guns and, and here's the butter. Butter, okay. Economics applied to communications. If a, an outlet has 200 people who want the job, and the Im- potential employee wants to attempt to negotiate a higher salary or compensation package, the employer, understandably and justifiably so, will say. We're going to pass because you will have zero impact to the bottom line, and therefore it makes sense for us, not because we're mean-spirited, but because we are running a business, to spend less money on a person on air who will not impact us from a revenue standpoint, which is why the key to one's juice in the business is revenue generation. And uh, then I'll just put a period on the end of the sentence. Without a doubt. That's it. I mean, That's the you're, game. You're somebody that people want to buy, and we want to be a part of that show. We want to do this, and you spend money to be a part of that show. And you have somebody else maybe talented, but uh, we don't want to spend well, there's money. Well, that, there's that if you're talking about talk radio, but then there's, there could be anchors over the years. I think Zipper Zeppa in the eight, 1980s mm-hmm. was somebody who was making money for when it was Channel 2, and then it became Channel 4, probably Mike Bush. Um, and, then, and then broadcasters from a play-by-play standpoint, 
if networks feel like it is going to have a positive effect on their top line, then they can justify that compensation. And just look at what's happened with Monday Night Football over the last decade and what was a revolving door of, of relatively speaking, perhaps incredibly talented broadcasters, but not necessarily name broadcasters. And so the, then ESPN went out of their way to spend you know, a large amount of money on Joe Buck and Troy Aikman to try to get in that name cachet. So there's different avenues to go about doing it. But it always goes back to one thing. Does your presence impact revenue? And if it doesn't, then you are going to be on the chopping block. And that's just reality. And, but they never tell you that. They didn't tell me that in journalism school. And I doubt they do. They just told you you're going to go and make a lot of, you know, you're going to go to a small market and not make much money out of the gate and then hope to get to a bigger market. And then after that, hope to get to a bigger market. That's what we were told in the 90s. I suppose to a certain extent that holds true for most businesses. If you're employed by a business and you're not helping with the bottom line, you're probably going to be shown the door. I mean, I was sitting in a class at Western in 2009, my first year there. And this is actually first time taking strictly journalism classes, you know. And junior college, you had to take a bunch of gen eds and you did a little bit of journalism. And I, I tell you, it almost felt like a purge. Like their first like week or two weeks, we're talking about how little money you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Like they almost tried to push you out of it. And I kind of respected that, though, because you really need to grind. <laughs> They show you pictures of Quonset huts where you're going to live when you're 50 years old. They didn't. And there's, I mean, where I'm at to where, you know, I've I've exceeded all my expectations. That's pretty embarrassing. But I didn't know I'm going to be in it for this long. And I love it. So it just, you find the right spot and the right fit. You have a little talent. You were born to be a Smitty, though. Take Smitty. I like that. Born to be a Smitty. Uh, Guys, I'm almost 37, and I have no idea who's on local TV anymore. 10 to 15 years ago, you knew everybody. Thanks. That's from the hunchback of Vaughn Castle. I'm still a daily. That's interesting because he was 22 at that time and watching local news. Yeah, I don't know. You're a local news guy, though, Plowhawk. I love it. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I like knowing what, it's super depressing. Nowadays, more than it was like 10 years ago, but still like to be informed on some of the things and, mm-hmm. you know, the pl- those fluff pieces that they provide at the end, you know, this squirrel on a, you know, sea do Those are kind of fun. There's still a, a, an important place for it, and certain stories come up. Like in major weather, everybody flocks to local news to see what's going on with the snow, a tornado warning or something. But what you can tell is, A, it's a lot younger than what it was yeah. 10, 15 years ago. Because and it doesn't pay what it once did, and the people that are hitting the middle age of their careers have decided, well, I better move on if I get a chance. And the talent level is less. I'm not saying they don't have talent, but, it, it, I mean, heavy hitters, like the guy was saying 10 years ago, when I first moved here to now, it's younger, it's a little bit less talented, and cheap. I mean, it's cheaper, you know, you yeah. got to... Well, they don't do the, the ratings that they used to do, so they don't make anywhere close to the money that they used to make, so they don't have the money to pay the people the, the way they used to. There was a time when I first got to Channel 4, if we had a, a good night in the ratings at 10 o'clock, we might do a, an 18 or 19 was the number. Wow. And now all the stations generally, if I'm not mistaken, are doing twos, threes, ones sometimes. That's insane. There's so much on television wow. right now, it's, it's nearly impossible for a group of news people to put on a TV show that's anywhere near as compelling as what they might watch elsewhere, HBO, Netflix, the Internet, you name it. There's so much out there that's, that's interesting to watch. Every game is broadcast now that it's, it's really hard to get people to tune into the news. I feel bad. I said the other day that <clears throat> I don't watch news anymore. 
haven't watched news in two years. I didn't know that these fires are going on in Canada. Paul was talking about, I can't believe they're playing this tournament. I said, what's going on in Canada? Like 150 fires? I didn't know that. Yeah, so you don't listen to radio news either? No. Well, at listen. some point, you gotta you got to do something. you got to either watch the news on TV, listen on the radio, read a newspaper. you got to do something to, to know what's going on in the world, don't you? No. Okay. See, what matter, see, we have a routine, and I think that's the only reason why they get the rating they do is we do the... You know, the local news, and then we'll do Lester Holt with the nightly news, and then we'll do it, finish it off with a little bit of Wheel of Fortune. No. Like, we actually do that yes. with dinner, and that's kind of what we do every night. Yeah. It's just all depressing, so I don't even watch anymore. It's very—I agree with that. It's it's not the best news stories locally. Nationally, they do some different stuff. Locally, though, it's a lot of shootings and a lot of— Yeah. Well, they they do the good news, too, as you're just— Yeah, toward maybe, the Maybe the bad, the, news, the bad news might ring— more true to you because it's happening down the street. That's true. I used to watch it. I always do it last. Let's end the news on a f- nice story. Mm-hmm. Jimmy are, Johnson just turned 100. Jimmy Johnson Jimmy again. Johnson. Just turned 106 Johnny's years brother, old. Probably. He had a nice birthday party. I am tired. I always save it for the last. Yeah, the kicker. Yeah, I you love sent an hour. We spent a- an hour depressing you. Let's cheer you up. Guys, I get all my news from Jackson Sports Center updates. Thanks. That's from Mudjack Mike. Mm. It's the only thing you need, baby. Nice. Sports Center update. But that's NBA all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, sports news. Sports news I watch. Like, I, I watch Rory's entire press conference yesterday. I definitely watch that as well. <clears throat> that kind of stuff I watch. But News news, no. Well, you got to keep up a little bit with what's going on in the world. I don't. Aren't you, you're I not curious tell you. what's going on in the world? I don't know what's going on with Syria. I couldn't tell you what's going on in the world. Syria. Hello. How about with the United States? No, I don't pay attention. Uh, no. You can watch us on YouTube, even though you might not be watching local news. YouTube.com slash T-M-A-S-T-L. I'll tell you, I mean, I would imagine Jackson, Jackson being 25, this is when we take a look into the eyes of the, uh, the 25-year-old uh, age range, probably get most of their content via YouTube. That would be my guess. Am I right on that? TikTok? What do you... Yeah. Uh, Social media platforms, usually they're all kind of interconnected in a way. You might see like a shorter clip on TikTok or on Instagram, and then you go watch the full video on YouTube. That is a very popular way because it can all be done right at at your fingers there. You know, you don't necessarily turn on... And, you know, not many people my age have cable subscriptions. So it's like if you want to get news, you're either reading it on a website or you're watching it via YouTube. For the most part, yeah. if you're interested in it at all, which I don't know, I think most, I think a lot of people are, but you know, you live in your vacuum, and it's kind of how it is. Yeah, unless they're breaking into Netflix to break a story, I don't see anything. Now I did see uh, one of my friends uh, who went to high school with lives in New York, and she posted like a before and after picture, and I didn't understand what it was until Plazzi just told what me about it? the fires. She had a picture of yesterday in New York, and it was clear, and then today in New York, it was just almost Can't black. Can't see the buildings. I said, oh, must got some fog today. I didn't know what was going on. Well, you should. Stay I do connected. now. Plowsy told me. You should stay connected. I get my news from Plowsy. Okay. <laughs> that, that's a great sign that you're really locked in. Here's a story you won't hear on the local news, but you will hear on TMA. Are you sure this is where you want to go? The Uber driver asked Ella, my girlfriend. Oh, brother. Oh, great. And me, 
as we got out of the car in the sketchiest area of downtown Los Angeles I'd ever seen. Want me to wait or anything? Nah, we're good, Ellis said confidently. I think we're in the right place. It was late at night in a rough warehouse district. Swingers bar. But we were in an adventurous mood. We knew the address of a reputable sex club. Oh, it was did just they? around the corner. Iggy, you, uh, you familiar yeah. with this story? Nailed that one, yeah. Once we were past an industrial gate covered in barbed wire and had sure. passed through an inconspicuous lobby, we were waved into a seductive space full of easy-to-clean surfaces. Plush oh. Oh. couches and low lighting. We repeated our mantra, try anything once, uh. maybe even twice. No. We drank a bit of our BYOB and picked up the unappetizing buffet. Club owner hosted an incredibly cringy dance off, and we scoped out the other guests, mostly average looking people in their 40s or older. Yeah, I'm sure you were Adonis. I'd never been a Casanova. I hadn't even hit second base before graduating high school. In my first college course, I nerded out in the ancient romance advice found in Ovid's. Doug, how do you pronounce this? Ars Amatoria? I don't know. Jackson will know. Jackson! Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, okay. I, I don't know. Thanks. Yeah. For the producers, four. Ovis we got was, three of them. Was, I don't know either. Ovis was similar to Shakespeare. But it was Ovid. Yeah. And him, too. That's why it was just similar. It wasn't the same. <laughs> By graduation, my body count was still in the single digits. I hit the jackpot when Ella, then my hot best friend, admitted she had a crush on me. We moved from sleepy Colorado Springs to glitzy Los Angeles. We were in our 20s and wanted to be flirty and sophisticated, but upon moving in together, domestically hit us like a train. Squabbles over money, careers, plans, and cleaning made our lives at home stressful and unsexy. The cleaning? That's correct. This was in 2016 when it felt like everybody was suddenly talking about open relationships. Doug, ah, yes, 2016. 2016, it was a year that stands out in everyone's life. That was the year. It's when open relationships became... The year of the open relationship. Everyone Not, was doing it. Non-monogamy was constantly being asked about in online advice columns. Podcasts were quoting the ethical slut. No. <laughs> Our podcast never Titled. did that. And TV shows made polyamory seem like the new normal. Ella and I took notice and soon began to wonder, could this be for us? Could opening our relationship bring some adventure to our lives? Was this exactly what we needed to shake things up a bit? We decided to wade into this unfamiliar new world by attending a sex party. We figured if we had sex with other couples uh, or people together, the chances of us feeling jealous would be lessened. Before we left our first event, we drew up a list of guidelines. Bail if it gets weird. Practice very safe sex. Listen for our prearranged safe word and prioritize communication over becoming distracted or jealous. Our plan was to hook up as a couple and enjoy the voyeurism aspect if nobody seemed appealing enough to have sex with them. We found a plush faux leather couch and started making out. We quickly attracted attention. Most of the party guests were happy to watch, and those who ventured to join us but weren't our types thankfully respected a quick head shake or no. No, get out, you ugly piece of crap. Hey, come on, be polite. (laughs) And left us to continue hooking up by ourselves. Eventually, a hot couple approached us and asked, Want to swap partners? No. Ella and I examined this well-groomed pair. 
he in a button-up shirt and she in a tight dress with a hint of lingerie peeking out from its top. And then exchanged a glance and a nod before following them into a private room. Ella and I squeezed hands like we were on the uphill part of a roller coaster, nervous, excited, but definitely up for the ride. Oh, gosh. Who's writing this? Hovis. Correct. This is what the journalism schools are cranking out today? We were confident we could leave if we needed to, but the jitters, why, they were sexy. Oh. The private room had a four-poster bed draped with pink Doug, do you say gauzy curtains? I gauzy never would say that. Curtains? I, I imagine I know what it is, but I wouldn't say it. In a multicolor spinning disco ball. Oh, gosh. Sounds hot. A disco ball in your bedroom. Four posts. Four posts. I bet bed. this guy didn't get hard. The four of us chuckled and then moved closer. First, the girls kissed. I looked at the man and licked my lips. Hold oh, on a second. God, the story just took a lousy <laughs> turn. What happened right there? Yeah. What happened right there? Oh. I got a bait and swee. A bait and swee. Mm-hmm. It's going gay real quick. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Everything was fine. And in van, too. Yeah. Gather yourself. First, the girls kissed. I looked at the man and licked my lips. Well, don't. But if instead of approaching me, he just cheered on our partners. Cheered them on. Cheered them on. Yeah. That's, that goes on. That's classy. None of this is true. None of it. Don't uh, be swayed by any of it. Don't be fooled. Go, Ella. Go, Ella. Go, Ella. We began to hook up. Me with this new woman at the foot of the bed and Ella with this new man at the top. We positioned ourselves so Ella and I could still kiss and wink, maintain communication, engage comfort. My nerves calmed down, and soon any inhibitions I had been feeling quickly slipped away. Mm. It turns out it's hard to feel jealous of someone hooking up with your girlfriend when you're hooking up with his wife right next to him. Oh. As new and strange as this arrangement was, I felt safe in my relationship with Ella because we were doing it together. Okay. Literally right next to each mm -hmm. other. And we had communicated about everything. Part of me was wondering how this looked from the outside. Sinful? Non-traditional? Hedonistic? But another part stopped letting judgments get in the way of a good time. There's a lot of thinking going on in this way. Yeah, stop thinking. Sex. Stop thinking so much. I allowed myself to let go and be completely in the moment and in the dark room pulsing with loud music lubricated by booze and sweat with all of our bodies robbing and touching. My desire began to move in a direction I wasn't expecting. I Coming of age in the, the suburbs wing. in the early 2000s, I identified as a typical straight guy. Here you go. Oh, no. And now I love penis. Oh! Ah. How's the room dark? I thought there was a disco gauzy, ball in there. Gauzy something or other. Four post bed. Uh. I joked with my peers about dumb crap and would always say, no, you are, when somebody called me gay. I bought Maxim and Playboy and watched a lot of porn. Straight porn. Oh. Yet there were times when I accidentally found myself watching men have sex. Oh, that story turned. How do you do that accidentally? accidentally? I wonder. After a minute of seeing two guys go at it, I'd come to my senses, go back to female-centered porn, and finish myself off. Oh. And then I'd minute. erase my browser history. I thought that as long as I didn't ejaculate while looking at a penis, I was completely heterosexual. <laughs> this is a Kennedy now? <laughs> this guy's got some issues going on here. I was afraid of being gay. Oh. There was so much stigma amongst my social group, but also in general. 
This was before marriage equality was legalized, before Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed, before Glee or Modern Family. Those around me debated whether queer people should be teachers, be allowed to adopt or marry, and I didn't think this was any way I could be into guys, even if I was secretly into guys. My parents didn't seem to care one way or the other. The most they ever said to me about the subject was that it seemed like life was more difficult for gay people. Riding home from the sex club in another Uber, the driver asked us, so what were you all doing down here? And we ignored the question and began to debrief. We agreed that everything went better than expected and our new friends had been respectful and attractive. Elle had really enjoyed getting close with another woman. But I couldn't stop thinking about the guy. Mm. Oh, God. Despite the smutty and open atmosphere, the other man and I barely touched, besides high-fiving and accidental grazing. Doug, what's accidental grazing? Uh, where you're eating by accident, <laughs> I guess? It's name of my new book. Accidental grazing, yeah. the story of the Sports Center update. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crossing swords from autobiography. He kept a respectful distance the entire time we're together. But I wish he had not. Oh. You say they high fived? He did, and grazed. Jeez. I'd never intimately or sensually touched another man. It was the realization that I wanted to that surprised me the most. Once home, and after a long shower, the club's music still echoed in my ears. I was uncertain how Ella would respond, but we'd agreed to be hyper-honest about all of our feelings. So I confessed. I think maybe I want to try having sex with a man. That's so hot, Ella replied. She quickly added, I want to try hooking up with a girl. The next morning, we concocted a new plan with a new set of rules. What's this new plan? We would test out a version of our open relationship where we could hook up with same-sex partners without either person present. Women for her and men for me. It would allow us to explore our desires. We also felt there would be less opportunities for jealousy to spring up. How much longer is the story? I was on Grinder a few weeks later. Oh, gosh. Nice. That's a great one, too. Why did he feel the need to, to write this and tell us all about this? Is this a Deidre thing? Is he asking for advice or is he so just wrong. writing a column? It's I forgot. What I'm surprised you haven't world. seen it yet. It's from the Huffington Post. God, oh, my God. <laughs> Huffington Post. What have they become? They paid me. Arianna Huffington used to be... Pretty smart with this thing. No. I was on Grinder a few <laughs> weeks later when I got a message from a nearby guy. Into? Question mark. Unsure of what to reply or what I was even really into, and it came to hooking up with a man I wrote, whatever you are. He immediately sent me his GPS. Al and I looked at each other. We discussed boundaries, expectations, the importance of safe sex when honestly hooking up with people outside of our duo. Was this the moment we had been preparing for? Mm. I expected a flirty first date, but instead the guy I had messaged was silently intercepted me outside of his house. He was handsome with a firm jaw. Was he? I tried kissing him, but he seemed disinterested. I offered a true cliche. I've never done anything like this before. I thought we'd go up to his room. But instead, without saying a word, he dragged me to his parked car and awkwardly shoved me into his crotch. Oh, oh God, this is on and on it goes. Classy. And this guy had a firm jaw. Who's this Don Shula we're talking about with the jaw? Kirk Douglas. Oh. Isn't Grinder a gay site? <laughs> it's yes. a gay hookup app. Well, why the, would the guys... I believe it's t- Jackson. Is it Tinder, but for people looking for same sex hookups? Is that accurate? Yes, sir. So why would the question be into it? Well, if, he, if he's on a gay site, I guess he is into it, <laughs> you don't think. you think? Yes. Maybe it's just kind of like, hey, how you doing? Into gay sex? No, I'm on Grinder because I'm looking for a woman. Oh. This whole thing is a sham. It is. And we continue to read it, and it goes on and on. 
oh, my God, he's, he's still going down there? There's like nine more paragraphs. Oh, Ten. this could go on all day. This guy's telling a life story. How much he must get paid by the word for a Huffington Post? <laughs> they told him he had to have like 3,000 words, and so he's just going to keep writing and writing and writing. Guys, this story hits close to home for the people who have been to a TMA Live. That's from glove blogger Tom Traven. You think there's hookups at TMA Live events? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. How many Robin swing- feeding? Really? He's got like eight Robin feeding. Yeah, that's not a hookup. How many swingers, you know, high-five during sex? There's never been a hookup at a TMA Live event, has there? I think so. Oh, sure yeah. there has. Really? I think they've been hetero, though. I've that makes three. me uncomfortable. Yuck. I've turned three down. Oh, you have not. I have, You've actually. turned three down. Three women approached you and said they must have you after a TMA no, live event. No, those weren't the words. I must have you, but what did they say? It could have happened, and I just. What did they say to you? It wasn't what they said. It's what they how they acted. How did they act? Ooh. Handsy, feely. Really? You can't be serious. Drunky. No, that was the reason they were drunk. So I said, "No, I'm not going to do this." So your groupies basically come up after the show and say, "Hey, big boy." <laughs> yeah, I think one. Let's go I mean, back outside. One of them I don't even believe was there for the TMA. Just for you. I think she was just there. For you. No, at the bar. Happened to be there, saw you, and had to have you. Remember the dude who brought Lisa Ann flowers and yeah, then sat yeah. back. Yeah, it was unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. Gosh, I don't see any of this where stuff he's going at on. Now. I don't see any of it going on. <sighs> Three groupies have been to TMA Lives who wanted Ken. As soon as the show was over, they knew one thing. They well, had to have it. Well, it started at the first break, and then it just continued. They approach you in the first commercial break. Break come the out, ice Come out way. and introduce themselves and say, I'm a big fan of the show and love you on the show. And then more drinks were had by this person. And by the second break, it was, can I go back to patio? No, you're drunk. Good morning. This show has really turned into an incel story hour. I'm not complaining. I'm just noticing. Doug, that's from your favorite holiday, which is Arbor Day. Yeah. Incel story. Is the story over that you read? Is it, was that the end of it? Uh, last I checked, what, he was in the guy's oh. crotch? Oh, yeah. We yeah. could end it there. That would be a good place to end <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Passed up the bedroom for a car. Yeah, we could end it. That could be plenty. Probably a good spot to, to stop. Is that a risk of having uh, an MFMF is that you would wind up in the gentleman's crotch? Oh, no. Would not be a risk. <laughs> for would not up, be happening. For a made-up story, yeah. For a chance to get posted in the Huffington Post, there's got to be some kind of something different in there than a regular sex story. Guys, I've gotten laid after every TMA Live I've ever attended. Now, one would think it's Tim that gets my wife all horned up but I think it's actually Doug that gets me going. No. That's from Scott's Wrinkled Ballsack. No. Yeah, Doug's the appetizer for yeah. sure. <laughs> but they veer right off me and they go for Ken. In the commercial breaks, they break the ice. Were the Wrinkled Ballsacks the ones who approached you? No. Ah! You think I'd say no to that? Probably not. That'd be a quick yes. <sighs> I don't see any of this going on there. Well, I guess my eyes. You don't go. come hang out with me. I breaks. guess I get blinded. Well, where do you go? Outside. And that's where it real, things really get naughty. Well, people out there smoking and mingling and getting some air. But it's guys. It's all guys. <laughs> well, they, they used to say in the old days, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the air." Take the air. Yeah, they wouldn't say, "I'm gonna go and get some fresh air." They say, 
I'm going to take the air. But that doesn't change the fact what that it's all guys. What sophisticated listeners are saying that at a TMA Live? Aren't they eating chicken wings? And yeah, as fast as they can. Drinking like 20 beers? Yeah. I'm going to go take the air. Heard Guys, you ever notice that Ken always has a story about him and sex after someone else has a sex story? Thanks, that's from the 314. Well, we Do you feel like uh, you need to one-up sex stories from I, whatever well, this gentleman's name was? I might one-up in this guy who went and got a ween. Oh. I can't, up, I can't up that. I've never had that. I just have never been able to tell that when we do live shows, the women are all over you during the commercial break. And I didn't bring it up. Doug said, somebody said, hooking up TMA people, hook up. And I said, I have. I didn't turn it into up, upping this fake story. Oh. It's not that unusual. Well, so you're looking forward to the next TMA Live event? Mm. Well, how many have we done? I said it happened three times, so it doesn't happen very often. That's pretty often, three, three times. times. That's probably a pretty high number. Not yeah, really, half. compared to how many TMAs we've done. Well, how many a year do we do now? Four or five? Well, we used to do about 20 a year, didn't we? Uh, we did. There was a oh, reason for don't, that. Don't, please, that PTSD. So you figure we've probably done 100. How many 100? in the last three years? Uh, Eight? No, I'm not talking about total TMA lives. talking about hookups. Three years? Yeah. One. Uh, was that the slop sink issue? No, I didn't meet them at a TMA. Oh. They just DM'd me. Oh, they slid into your DMs. Oh. Who? The lucky lady. And this is the one you had to say, back off, Spielberg. <laughs> that was much earlier. Yeah, that was way much earlier. Okay. I just like to say that. <laughs> that was at Hedonism. Yeah, it wasn't a TMA event. It was a threesome. At Hedo? Arkansas couple. I remember where they're from. Where? Arkansas. Well, what city? Uh, I guess Little Rock. I don't know. No. Back off, Spielberg. Yeah, she was kind of a Hoosier. Mm. So it was a threesome? Can't imagine. It was a threesome? No, he just watched. So that count as a threesome? Is he that was an MMF? Directing, he was no. directing you. Is that uh, an MMF? I don't think it's a threesome if they watch. Were you cocking him? Was he nude? No, except for when I said back off, Spielberg. That, you, that moment right there, you cocked him. That could have been a berating. Mm -hmm. Was he naked? Yeah. Oh. I think that might so, be a threesome. Oh. No, he didn't. He sat at the edge of the bed. Wow. So he was I... on the same bed. He wasn't like in an office chair like in the situation <laughs> I encountered. He sat on the edge of the bed. <laughs> and at one point, I guess he got down off the bed and was looking because I... she was... Uh... So he was down on the bed to get a different angle of like your scrote? Well, we were going... oh! He was looking for a contact. We were going... Ah! Looking for a contact? Is that what he was doing? No! She was going cowgirl. And when I... Reverse, bro? When I... No. Later, but this was started off cow cowgirl, Ugh. and I kind of lifted her up. Start off cowgirl. Huh? I lifted lifted her up. Bold. I, I saw her head. I saw his head. There. It's like starting Helsley. His head was down there. Yeah, I just lifted Back her up. Back off, Spielberg. I think if he's naked and in the same bed, I think it might be. I don't think so. He's not participating. Doug, is that an MMF? Yes, if he's naked and in the A threesome is three people participating. Right? No, I... Looks I, like I, gay I, porn here. It's it a is. I think on a technicality, it could be. Listeners, text on it if you think it is. Yeah. Jackson, you want to put, tweet that out? Yeah, sure. Also tweet out that we have TMA Day at the ballpark in six days. Six days. Doug, these Cardinals have just defeated yeah. a team that's 20 games over 500. Mm -hmm. Turn it around. Yep. Here they come. One nothing, your final. Right. Alec Burleson, bomb. Jack Flaherty looked great. Jack Did Flaherty. The Cardinals are coming. Tra la tra la. They, they were plus seven hundred to win the division twenty four hours ago. It's moved up to plus four hundred. I can't follow this market with one win. With one win, and the Brewers won. 
Uh, but with that all said, uh, we will be there next Wednesday for a Busman special. You can get tickets for $30. It's TMA Day at the ballpark. All of us on the show will be there. Uh, that $30 includes $12 in Cardinals cash, so that'll take care of libations or helmet nacho. And we'll be doing the show live from Ballpark Village that morning. And then we'll just head on over to the old ball yard and watch the Cardinals win. What will it be at that point? Seven in a row? I think it'll be seven in a row. I think that's what it'll be. Yeah, it should be. Be second place by then, a couple games out. Are we, uh, are we throwing out the first pitch? I would assume that we would. Yeah, I would that. think we would. I would I mean, think you if would. If it's our day at the ballpark, I think I would assume all five of us should be out there and we'll throw to whoever the five people are that sit at the end of the bench. That's going to happen. That usually who catches. Luke and Baker. Luke and Baker, uh, Yepes, <laughs> Kisner, relief pitchers that don't appear. Kisner and a couple of relievers yeah. like Verhagen and yeah. and Plante. Plante. They sent him down yet? No. All right. Well, that'd be the fifth. Well, come watch us throw out the first pitch. Uh, TMASTL.com. Get your tickets. Uh, Stephen Wildwood with this uh, note that is uh, incredibly important. He says the following: eighty-five and sunny next Wednesday. The Hewers will be out. Uh, he says patios will be the place to be, Doug. Uh, get them early before they have to pick up their kids. Oh. Also, we are into summer, so there will be a number of college-age lasses. That's Chairman Steve, and he's in Wildwood. Yeah. Yeah, I promise, mid-80s and sunny for the game, so. And the college girls are all looking for guys in their 50s and 60s. I would think oh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, especially if it's, exactly your, day, what especially they want. it's your day at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. These guys must be important. They got their own day. Yeah, that's it's, huge to be a celebrity in St. Louis. It, is it really our day, or is this just a way for them to what? put a group together to sell some tickets? I mean, it's not. We're not being. I think listed as a team. Chip Carey and Jim Edmonds last night said, "Oh, fun coming up next Wednesday. It's TMA Day at the ballpark. Oh, they did join your favorite radio show in the St. Louis area, top-rated show on HD2 Radio." The morning after, come see Tim, Doug, Iggy, the Plowboy, and Jackson at Bush Stadium for a busman special. Oh, yeah. Next Wednesday, it's TMA Day at the ballpark. And then Edmonds had a little witty, yeah. witty retort. Like he wished he was part of the club. Absolutely. Yeah. How can they order tickets? Uh, TMASTL.com. Very simple. Couldn't be more simple. Thirty dollars right. for the tickets, a busman special, beautiful weather. Iggy, I mean, what do you you got eighty five degrees and sunny? Is that what you got? That's yeah. what Chairman Steve has. Well, I had Monday, I said it's going to be mid-80s and sunny. I promise that. Ooh, good. Wow, really good weather. Kind of cooler temperatures over the next week. Yeah, you get up in the morning, Doug, you may need a light wrap. You think so? <laughs> light wrap. No, like, nobody says wrap. It's, gonna be, it's June. It's going to be mid-50s tomorrow when you wake up. Is that right? That's, my, that's what my Doppler said. I don't know what your app is saying. Man, Pope, that's... why can't we play? I'd just go out and play anybody, actually, at this point. Jackson, you want to play? Today? No, I, I can't play today. I'm taking my son out. Well, whenever. I'll tell you, I'll play whenever. This guy's always available. Yeah, for sure he is. It's a ball striker. Yeah. Or else he's got nothing else going on. <laughs> That's not true. Well, I know. Doug. Well. Jackson, take a You can't have it. too much going on if you can play golf every day. Well, during the day, I don't have, like, you know, I work and then kind of do my thing. Yeah. What does do your thing? Like on, a, like, a weekday? Uh, you know, I go to the gym for an hour and a half or so. You're still losing weight, bro, or you kind of hit the, uh, the... I've plateaued a little. I plateaued at 190 originally, and I powered through that. And so I'm kind of plateauing right now around 182. But you I'll... should stay where you are and then build that into muscle. Just when you work out, work on the muscles. No, I have a target I want to hit, and I want to get there. Um, What's think... your target, bro? Mm. Buck 75. And what are you right now, bro? 
buck eighty two. Yeah, it's only seven pounds. I think he look good now. Thanks, I brother. I, I appreciate that. He's got that. He's got that fade, man. He's got Thank that you. fade. Jack yeah, fade. Jack fade. I was just cutting off some of his hair. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So you got uh, a jack of fades? No, <laughs> no, I didn't. But uh, yeah, so I want to. I want to reach that goal. So I'm still trying. Power through the plateau, and then uh, you know, clean up my apartment, walk around, hang out with friends. That's kind of what I mean by my thing. Okay. Yeah, yesterday, I opened the windows and uh, cleaned the apartment, and then I cooked duck scallops. Oh, great. How Did you bring them in? Liggers? Oh, man. Yeah, there's exactly 19 of them in there. Oh, that'll be lunch. That was just the perfect sear on these scallops. Man. Oh, thank you. You're going to eat 19 scallops? I could. <laughs> Boy, I could. Scallops are the bees. Scallops are the best. I ate four, really and you get 19. I like that. Yeah, they take care of me. They gave me a huge bag, and these are these are not small. These are the size of my fist. Oh! Mm. Uh, the Pope just DM'd me. I'm playing golf today in Nashville. Come on down for golf and boy fun. Mm. That's my opponent. You should be playing your match, Pope. Everybody knows not to leave St. Louis if you're in the Jennings Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship, presented by Michelob Ultra. Are the other matches complete? I realize I'm asking, and nobody really would know that question, no. so I'm just asking. I think Guy has won, and yeah. somebody else won. I can't see them. Yeah, Guy won. Guy won two and one. Doug Guy won two and one. Did you know two that? And one. No, I didn't pay attention. Well, Cletus updates me on Guy, but the other ones I don't know. Maybe I could play the winner of the Fred Friedman-Kevin Roth match, and then that way, if I win, we will have taken care of it, and we've kept things on schedule. Plus, I'm going out of town for a couple weeks in early July anyway, and I might need to do it as it is. Yeah, go ahead and do that. I'll, uh, I'll. So who won, Kevin Roth or Fred Friedman, Doug? Mm, I don't know. The guy who had a better those? day. Uh, he does whenever I ask for an updated bracket. Oh, oh Friedman text in. Or the other guy. Fred Friedman. Yeah, I beat his ass. Mm. Wow. Gosh. I've beaten a lot of ass in this thing. Uh, oh, come on. You have not. You haven't lasted very long in these tournaments. When I've lost, I've lost on the 18th hole <laughs> or extra holes. That's losing. Yes, but, when I, somebody beat but your I've ass. won matches. Uh, I won a match 10 8. Did not win a hole, this guy. Because you were playing a lousy golfer. <laughs> well, I'm not good. Well, clearly, the guy was must have been horrible then. If you're not good and you beat him 10 8, he must have been terrible. He, he played badly. Yes, I won every hole. Okay. Uh, I beat Friedman pretty badly. Uh, I think PGA Pro Dan, I beat him on 17, and I was getting 17 strokes. <laughs> How can you be proud of that? How can you be proud of beating anyone when he gave you 17 strokes? Well, he's a scratch golfer. So he's better than you. A lot better. 17 strokes better than me, and I... Right, but you can't be handicap proud. handicap out perfectly. Just as a man, <laughs> just for your own self-pride, you can't be proud that you beat somebody because they gave you 17 strokes. What do you want me strokes? to say? What, I'm getting 17? I quit. I can't play you because I shouldn't win. If I do, I'll feel bad. That's how handicaps work. Doug. Supposed to make it an even playing field. I know, but you still can't take pride in beating someone who's gave you 17 I took strokes. pride and I won a match. Uh, Beer Cats with an update. I guess he's covering this thing. Did a hell of a job for me in the second round. Uh, Will Basler played yesterday. Don't know who won. So, Doug, there is oh, an update. A great update. Okay. Yeah. What kind of update was that? Don't even spend the energy it took to hit sin when you update us with that kind yeah, of I hit some balls <laughs> yesterday. How did I do? I thought it was a good update. <laughs> we, I didn't know Will Basler played yesterday. See, now you know. Yeah, but he didn't. you don't know who won, so who cares? I guess the spirit of the competition was the real winner. 
Mm, boy, that's true. At least I lose. I lost a Shack lady uh, one year. <laughs> he beat your ass. No, it was a close one. No, he beat. Might your have been extra holes. How many I shots think. did he have to give you? Billy Shack lady. I don't know. Maybe six. Well, unless you're playing even up with somebody where there's no handicap, then I don't think you have any reason to brag about beating them. You know, you've really. I said this yesterday, but you really have sounded dumb all week. <laughs> I don't understand match play. You don't. The whole point of match play is to make it even. And if you get a match, if I'm getting 18 strokes and the match goes to the 18th hole, it worked out perfectly. The the it, the 18 and the scratch, it worked out perfectly. Okay, we had an even match that went to 18. That little event, but you so still the handicap can't, worked. But you still can't brag about beating somebody who probably shot 17 strokes less than you did. Don't you have some pride just as a man saying I, he was a lot better than me? You can act like a man! <laughs> he is a lot better than me. That's why I'm getting so many shots. I know, but you still I, I just can't see how you can take any pride when someone had a much better score than you and to walk away and say, boy, I beat his ass. <laughs> well, after the match, we shake hands. Great match. I suck. I should have never beat you. I should have taken those strokes. I feel so bad. Yeah, that's how I feel. No, I say great match. Thanks. I'm glad I won. Okay. I'm moving on. Why playing it then if you're getting... Everybody gets strokes, shouldn't play in this thing. Well, in an event like this, I get it. You have to do that so that a wide range of people can play. But still, if you beat someone who, who shoots a much better score than you and only because he gave you shots, you win. I, I don't think you can thump your chest and say, look how great I am. Were you happy that we beat Nagel? Uh, sure. Why? Because we five on one. That's I know, that so I wouldn't sucks. brag about it. We I got five say, guys beating one. You shouldn't be happy about that. Yeah, I wouldn't walk around saying, boy, That's why it took us we so beat long his ass. Video, we showed him a thing or two. We enough. didn't. It's proving my point. No, what's it's proving mine. You were happy about winning, but you shouldn't have been happy about winning. You should have. I can't believe we Five on one, that shouldn't count. No, I didn't walk away there thinking I beat his ass. I think there's a difference between being happy and then bragging about it. Well, I think we bragged about it for, like, months. Well, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was yeah, bragging step down, about it. as somebody else would say. <laughs> don't I, step I don't think down. We're You've just been told to step down. I, don't think I feel like we were bragging about it. Guys, we Ziggy claiming that someone sounds dumb is the pinnacle of self-awareness. That's from Beer Cats. Oh, I sound dumb quite a bit. And Doug usually doesn't. But this week, he's, he's sounding kind of dumb. Okay. I'll go home and do better. Oh, <laughs> go home and do better. better. Eat your scallops, you know. Fish is good brain food. It's a, I guess it's just a different way of approaching athletic events. I I think if you if you don't go head to head and beat somebody, head to head, there's there's no room to be bragging. Well, about this it. shouldn't be playing then. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go play. I'm gonna go play a scratch golfer head to head. It's like if Why somebody, would I do that? If somebody moves ahead to the seniors' tee or the ladies' tee to tee off and hits one farther than the other guy did way back from the blues or the blacks, you can't brag about your All right, drive. let's say me and Plowsy go out to Westboro, and we're going to play a match against Tim and Bo House. Bo House? Who the hell is Bo House? <laughs> it, was, it was his birthday the other day. So he's... Who's Bo I House? I who that is. He's, he's... Is this more plugola, payola no. stuff? Bo is a cool dude. You going to get something free out of that? reminded me of Jason Duffner. Bo gave Iggy a four-foot putt when the putter wasn't working on one particular day, and Iggy has forever been indebted to him and even though this was three or four years ago still it pays tribute to Bo House mm. but if Plowsy and I went out to Westboro and Tim and Bo House said you want a match no strokes okay that's fair we shouldn't Perfect. get any strokes because we wouldn't be happy if we won getting strokes so we'll play you straight up for 50 bucks a hole 
That would be idiotic. Yeah, yes, you can play that way if, if people are at widely different ability levels. But I, don't, I still don't think you can brag about beating someone who's clearly better than you. Yeah, you really just don't get it, do you? <laughs> I do get it. You don't get what it means to be a competitor. I think what's, what your hang-up is is, is the words. You're accepting charity. Your, your hang-up is the words I use, beat his ass. I beat his ass 10 and 8. That's what I said, 10 and 8. I beat his ass. If I go to 18, I didn't beat his ass. I won the match, but I didn't beat his ass. Yeah. But this is the match Doug is talking about where PGA Pro Dan gave you, what, 17 or 18 strokes? Yes. Yes. Well, he's a scratch golfer, and I was an 18. Okay, well, then he's a much better player. And he yeah, shot a right. much better round that day. And I actually won, so I was happy I won. Okay, but I don't know that, that you can take a lot of pride in that, in the charity that he gave you. I would still have to beat him on holes, even if I got a stroke and he's a scratch golfer. To win a hole, I would probably have to get a par on that hole. I'm not going to win with a bogey if he pars it. I would have the hole. I wouldn't win the hole. So I had to play pretty well to win, and I did. Well, again, I th- unless you beat him, unless you beat somebody straight up, you have well, no right to, to I, beat your chest and say I, I, I beat this guy. I wouldn't play an 18 straight up. I'd be stupid on my part. Well, you wouldn't play scratch, you mean? I assume. Yeah, just like the, the threesome going exactly. on now on uh, the Canadian. Uh, RBC Canadian, somehow Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose are paired up with Omar Resti. He may be getting strokes in that threesome. Ladies and gentlemen, the great John well, Kiowski has hey. come in to, I assume, terminate us live on YouTube. <laughs> nice. You have a microphone over here, John. Fight. <laughs> fighting. Doug and Iggy, I'm right in the middle of it, John. Fight. He's dumb this week. He's dumb. <laughs> And there's fighting. Can you hear us in the hallway? Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. No. That makes it way better. That's, that's rough. That makes it way better. That's rough. Well, I'm screaming in here. I'm so upset. <laughs> I usually agree with you. Okay. John, Did you agree with Iggy? No. John, he doesn't know match there. He didn't agree with you. That'd be a man. Well, that's a legendary pop-in. That was a legendary poppin'. Yeah. The market manager of Hubbard's gotta, Radio St. Louis. You gotta take any pride in beating something, yet somebody you gotta beat him straight up. You can't take their charity. Why don't you and I play straight up? Because I'm a lousy player. So am I. That's Iggy's fourth You're not a lousy player. The, yes, I am. My no. handicap is 17.6. Somehow my, my handicap's going down. I guess they're taking my hunters that I shot at Bell Reeve off the sheet. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, That's big. But we're about the same. You're probably better than me, actually. I'm doubtful. No, I'm not better than anybody. I played Monday. I'm not better than anybody. Well, then we should Rough play. day at the Mizzou tournament. Yeah, I we should play because you wouldn't, you wouldn't get any satisfaction on playing somebody 17 strokes better than you. Uh, no, I wouldn't. All right, we'll play if, me. If they, if, they, if they beat me, even if I, if I got to play half the hole and they played all the way at the back, no, I wouldn't get any satisfaction out of winning. I would say, what am I at? cripple one of my little child uh, chairman steve says iggy brags about beating me and i'm at 26 but i played him straight up that's from chairman steve at wildwood mm, how about that well you didn't say you were 26 you just said i'll play you straight up i said what's your handicap about the same as yours is what you said if you'd have told me you were 26 i'd have definitely given you strokes and then i said you want to rematch i will give you strokes but you told me i'm about the same as you so we played straight up so that's all i could go by because you don't have a handicap but if you say you're a 26, and I did see the way you played, you're about a 24. So I'll <laughs> you give can you can tell a, the difference. What a compliment. <laughs> well, yeah, 24, 26. 
<laughs> if you want to play again, I'll give you strokes. Uh, more breaking news coming in from Beer Cats, Doug. This guy is breaking stories. What Will Basler apparently lost. Take that update and suck oh. my ass. That's ah, from Beer Cats. Gosh. Will yeah. Basler, Plowhawk, where, what bracket was he in, ladies and gentlemen? The Plowhawk is getting the... Michelob Ultra, Jay Randolph Jr. Fan Page Club Championship Bracket. Stunning development. Will Basler, I think, was the second lowest handicap remaining in this tournament. He lost to the... Cisco? Who did he lose no, to? No, the guy that has an impossible name to pronounce. Doug? What, how does he spell it? Grisowskowit? Is that Shashevsky? Grisowskowit. Wow, Danny Grisowskowit's gat. Yeah, that... <laughs> That's Say that, the guy. That again? Danny Griskowski's gag. Ah. Griskowski. Yeah, so looks like he was. Wow, Will Basler. Will Basler goes down in the quarters. Okay. I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing Will Basler and Gee in the final four, and it might be Danny Griskowski's gags here. Or uh, yeah. Danny Griskowski ask against Cisco? We're gonna all have to learn to well, say the name. We're losing all the low handicappers. What a what a Iggy. I mean, your thoughts. Well, they shouldn't be happy. I mean, these high handicaps are winning. They shouldn't be happy about their win. No. Because they're ter- they're worse than the player they beat. They shouldn't be happy about winning those matches. That's right. Well, they shouldn't thump their chest and say how great they are. That's for sure. Where did I say I, I was great? <laughs> well, I was implied. That I'm great? Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah. Now you're fed up. You're fed up with me at this point. I'm just cresting. <laughs> Uh, if you are cresting, then maybe you uh, are dealing with low testosterone, and then you go to mentality. It's lowtusa.com. Dealing with decreased mental acuity, attention span, and stress can cause focus issues on even those simple tasks. Belly fat, feeling bloated, and a lack of lean muscle and tone. That used to be easy to get rid of or maintain. Low libido, disinterested in spouse or partner, which can lead to relationship problems. The normal range for testosterone is large. If you've been to a doctor and they told you that you were normal without understanding the range or testing your free testosterone, it was not fully looked at. Come get checked out with Mentality. Just go to lowtusa.com and work with Mentality, a wonderful sponsor of TMA. And Mark Hanna is a wonderful sponsor of TMA. Jackson, what would you say about Mark Hanna? Great communicator. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, he doesn't. He takes pride in in the way that he communicates to his clients. He takes pride in helping out people. And I think that's what's so incredible about Mark Hanna. You know, he like, it's it's like a real, when I talk to him, he'll say like, oh, I got a list of clients today to call. And I'm like, oh man, it sounds like a long day. He goes, ah, but I wouldn't want to be doing anything else because he loves helping people. And when you have an issue because you create this great plan, for you, for you and your family, your financial future, whatever you're saving for, or whatever point in your life, but there may be an adjustment down the road. You call Mark, he'll help you out, and you'll get, feel better getting off the phone than when you get on it. And to me, that's exactly what I'm looking for in somebody because he he has all the wisdom, he has the expertise, but he conveys that to his clients. That's why I work with Mark Hanna. That's why you should work with Mark Hanna. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. I can't say enough good things about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wall Strategies, and I can't say it enough. Get a financial advisor. I don't care how young or old you are. It is really an important thing and something I truly regret waiting so long to do. Uh, Some breaking news from Jackson's Instagram account, St. Louis Starter Packs. For real, next to Ella Reese's Instagram account, I think it's my favorite Instagram account, St. Louis Starter Packs. Is that right? Uh, They did a tournament of pizza, St. Louis pizzas. And Doug, guess who won? 
Uncle Leo's. Oh, did they really? How about that? Great for them. I mean, they're they're not si- surprised. Their Sweet Sixteen were some really good pizza places. Plowhawk, did you see that bracket by chance? I did not. I think you would agree with a lot of who made it to the the, the final sixteen. Uh, 108 nominees, 16 finalists, 22,000 votes, one champion, and the champion is Uncle Leo's Pizza, which is also Filoni's Pizza. Doug, how about that for the Miners boys, eh? Yeah, I'm very yes. happy for God, that. I love that they, place. They and the fungo wings. Yeah. Who great is the... guys, great pizza. They don't play. Do we have the final four on that? Uh, let me see if I can get it. Tick-tock, tick-tock. Real-time. Tick-tock. What's that place in the city you guys rave about? Pizza Go-Go was like yeah. in the final four. Eight. I know that. Well, they're doing a sandwich show down 2023. I'm looking. Okay, so I have the champion. It was Uncle Leo's. Nikki Slices, Felix's, and Union Loafers. Oh, Felix is another Friday night's pizza night place. We really love Felix's. Oh, the yeah. sandwich one coming soon is going to be where I... That, that's my bailiwick. There. And what would you say is uh, the should be the final four, if all things were right? I have... Important. Uh, certainly Blue City Deli, yeah. Gramophone, yeah, Rossi's... Yeah, I like where you and, are. And... Adriana's? Oh, you can't go wrong. Oh. That, that four is solid. Yeah. That four is solid. Some of them What's the one that begins with a G? G-I? Uh, Joyous. Joyous. A lot of just, again, a lot of that's five for me. I saw one yesterday that had pastrami, ham on garlic bread. Yeah, that. I forgot the name of the it. The Hogfather, right, Jackson? What? Hogfather. That's what I get there. Yeah. Legrand's is also a... Oh, Legrand's, yeah. I had the Biggie steak sandwich yesterday. Oh, Bill. Oh, see? Did you wash that down tastes. with some waffle fries? Did you wash that down with some waffle fries? Come on. You look like a rookie over here? Of course. Look at this guy. I thought you were trying to lose weight. Yeah, yesterday was a cheat day. You okay. gotta have a cheat, and that's a great cheat meal. That but, is. But Blue City Deli to me should be everyone's number one. I don't want to put where it's. Damn, that place is good. Is and it good? It's really a fun place to go to. Like, I, I don't know. It just that's always been my number one. All right. Well, I gotta tell you, we had uh, the second day of the dotum. Doug, myself, Plowsy, and Hansy up on hole twelve, and Hansy brought out this bag. He had about. Seven Grassi's meatball sandwiches. Correct. Oh, Bill was home at that day. He went by to pick something up, you know, and Grassi said, Oh, it's for the TMA boys. Here, it's on me. And he plowed like seven, a couple chicken parms in there. Oh, yeah. And Grassi's is always on my list because of the service they provide. And there's three great sandwiches on that list that veal parm, the meatball, and also the steak. Those are three great options you mm-hmm. can take. The side salads are bomb. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, Gramophone just has fun specials every week if you go to their Facebook page. Gramophone, oh, fun, yeah. I may do a week where I just eat a sandwich every night. It'll be, it'll be a fun, fun night. It'll be a fun week and a fun, fun night. Seven fun different sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> uh, send your emails in Design Air. Heating and cooling email today comes your way in approximately 45 minutes. Uh, Doug Doggies lost last night. Joey mm-hmm. Zanaboni is going to be with us in a matter of uh, moments. I was watching that. I don't know how many people were even aware that they were... Uh, picking up that, what do you call it, abandoned game? I don't call it that. That's what That's what on uh, they had to pick up the abandoned game in Dallas, and unfortunately, in about the 79th minute, if I'm not mistaken, Dallas got on the board. They added another one, so the Doggies lost, ending the three-game winning streak. If you're going to a Doggies game, I would recommend you hang out at Maggie O'Brien's with Eddie McVeigh before and afterwards. That would be the place I would go, and maybe you're not going to the game, but you just want to hang out. It's Maggie O'Brien's. 
Eddie McVeigh, and you know what you're going to get at Maggie O'Brien's. That's an Irish pub, family-owned, locally-owned. It's been in St. Louis on Market Street for four decades. If you're looking for a place to tailgate for the dogs' games, Maggie's has parties in their parking lot from 4 to 7 with DJs, food, and drink, and then walk on over to the game and head inside and join the party. Free parking and shuttle service. Park for free and then a $2 shuttle to Cardinals games and just about any concert. They have a calendar of events on their website. Two locations, downtown and in South County. Sponsor of the Dotem night before party. It's Maggie O'Brien's. Joey Zanaboni talking dogs in the next segment along with the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. This is the Ryan Kelly morning after from the Michelob Ultra Studios.